This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you till 11 o'clock, spending plenty of time on the Blazers. Lots to unpack after their sweep to the Pelicans, their embarrassing sweep to the Pelicans. Joe's keeping an eye on the Blazers Facebook feed. Uh, they have the exit interviews that are going to be live, and we will play the more interesting bits of that for you as they come across. So Dame, CJ, Stotts, Olshay, probably those kind of, those players will, will play their interviews and see what they have to say. Um but before we get to that, I do want to kind of start unpacking the offseason and what you think it needs to happen moving forward. Um, whether that's immediately or long term, depending on your on your view of this team. Um, what do you think needs to be the first step the Blazers take to improve what we've already discussed is a very flawed roster? Uh, text your thoughts to the fan text on the 5535. But Rashad, you, I'll let you open the door. Let's go. What, what do you think? What's the main what's, – what's option A in your mind? Wow. Um, option A is uh, I think as much as Blazer fans like to hold on to to guys, you know, you want to see them mature and develop here. And I really think we have the ghost of Jermaine O'Neal that hangs around for a lot of Blazer fans in the back of their minds just because – the last thing you want to do is give somebody up and they go to another franchise and they just become a star. You know, you look at what Will Barton has been able to do over the past couple seasons in Denver, and it's like, man, he could have been doing that here. Just imagine if you have Will Barton, Bill Barton, Will Barton as a, you know, a fourth option, you know, scoring the basketball for you all of a sudden, things look a little bit different. And I all think right. people kind of have that in mind. I think you're going to have to move, CJ. I think if there's any piece that you're going to get to – I mean, I, the Blazers are, are committed to Damian Lillard. We know that. Uh, we will get to, the, to more of that in a second. I do agree with you, by the way. Um, but we do have our first uh, player that got up there. It is Zach Collins. And I am at, actually interested in hearing what Zach Collins has to say. So here he is at his exit interviews. Of that Man, I'm really excited about getting in the gym for that. What other parts of your game? Are there any specifics uh, that you're looking to, to improve on? This I mean, for me, every, every summer i got to work on everything. Um, 
you know, growing up, I don't think I've ever wanted to be just a one-dimensional guy and working on one or two things. I want to work on everything. Um, based on what my role is this year, I want to be more consistent scoring, um, shooting the ball in the post, things like that I need to get better at. So those will probably be my main focuses, um, shooting the ball, posting up, ball handling, um, being able to take guys off the dribble. Um, are all parts of my game that is going to be a big emphasis this summer. And I think that's going to come a lot with putting on weight and getting in better shape, getting stronger. Um, so those are probably the three biggest things. You're a dude who's never lacked for confidence, but did, did your success and your growth do anything to, to maybe feel that even more? I mean, whenever you see success um, on the highest level of basketball, uh, it's definitely going to help your confidence a lot. Um, you know, I'm a guy that gets confidence from the work I put in, but obviously seeing success on the court with a team that was so successful in the regular season and having a big role in that, um, it definitely helped me a lot um, confidence-wise. Um, you know, just, just just being on the court and knowing where to be, knowing, knowing what spots to be in and getting comfortable with what my role was, it, it all played a huge part into why um, I feel much more comfortable playing. Zach, are you going to go into next season looking to be the starting center with that job? Nah, I don't really know what. That's not. That's out of my hands. I think. I think my job is to go, go into this summer looking to get as 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 good as I can for for next year. You know, it's like I said, it's a really big summer for me. I'm really excited, and um, I want to just come in and, and be uh, and, and be in the best shape of my life. You know, be the best skill skill wise I've been in my whole life and I just want to be as good as possible. You know, do you plan on playing in the summer league? Uh, I don't know yet. I mean I haven't really I haven't had my um, my interview yet with the coaches, so we'll see what they say. Um, I'm assuming they'll probably want me to play. If not they if not then I won't play. Um, I'm not really thinking about that too much right now. It's if I play I play. If I don't I don't it's it's whatever. How disappointed were you exactly with what happened? I mean, very disappointed, especially with you know the season we had and clinching the division. Um, it's it's something that not a lot of teams get to do, and especially with how tight the West was this year, uh, we had to fight you know for every game, especially going down the stretch after All Star break, um, and just seeing how how successful we were and how much you know in the in the beginning of the season, uh, how much we struggled and how much you know we we had to get. You know, we were fighting to be above 500, you know, in the beginning of the season. And to come out and clinch the division, it means a lot. And then to go in the playoffs and, and not win a game is definitely frustrating. Um, but I think Coach said it best in the, in, in the locker room. He said that, you know, the regular season we had, it's something to be really proud of. And it's, like I said, clinching that division is something that this team hasn't done in a long time. So that's something to, to build off of. All right, that's enough for Zach Collins there. We're going to keep an eye out for that to see if Dammer CJ or Stotts gets up there before the end of our show, and we'll play that for you. But uh, coming up next, I will continue the trade-CJ conversation because I agree. He is the only player of value that you can trade on, on this team that I think could very quickly help fix this roster. And um, outside of that, you're kind of stuck. So we'll discuss that next year on Sports Sunday on The Fan. <laughs> were made for sports. This 
is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 1017 here on The Fan. Keeping an eye on the Blazers exit interviews. We'll get you Dame and CJ and uh, Stotts and Olshay if they hop up there. Um, I agree with Rashad. His point at the end of the segment or prior to us going to Zach Collins at the podium was the only move that you can really make is to trade CJ McCollum. And I agree with that. This series, I've been very pro-CJ. I have been very pro-Dame and CJ can work together. I have not been one of those people who says, I don't think it can work. I kind of, I wanted to see if it would work. I was, I was confident that it could work. This series, to me, was the eye-opener that I needed into who CJ McCollum is as a player. CJ is an exceptionally talented offensive player. He gets shots at will. He can dribble drive or dribble fade or whatever he whatever wants. He really. wants. He's super skilled. He's an elite offensive player. Outside of that, he gives you nothing. He is the worst defender on the team. He doesn't really cut very much in a motion offense. He just kind of waits for his shot or waits for the ball. And he's a black hole. That's what CJ is. He's a black hole. There's, there's plenty of those in the NBA, and that's – I don't want this to come across as like this big negative thing about CJ McCollum. CJ is an exceptionally good player. The problem is that there's a lot of them in the NBA who can make crazy offensive shots and give you nothing else. And I think CJ in this series proved to me that that's who he is. Did he improve on defense this year? A little bit, not as much as Dame did, but he improved a little bit, but it's nowhere near effective enough. He was not good in defense on the series at all. And I, I think that he is a player who still, despite this series, still has a lot of value and can fetch you a lot if you decide to package him in a trade. Um, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there as a pipe dream. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think this is what the Spurs would do anyway. But could you imagine trying to package CJ and some other assortment of things to try to get Kawhi Leonard? I'm sure Neil O'Shea is going to make that call. Well, I hope he does at least. O'Shea loves CJ McCollum. Maybe he doesn't make that call. But I would hope that that is a consideration. Because the Blazers need that kind of a player, exactly who Kawhi is. Yeah. And if you could use CJ and a first and another contract, throw it all together and, and somehow get Kawhi, again, I don't think that's possible. But that is a pipe dream perfect scenario for me. It sounds, in theory, it sounds awesome. I think everybody would take it. Um, I, I don't know. Something about Olshay's like, demeanor kind of seems like he wouldn't want to pull the plug on CJ. Like he's in CJ, love. He is in love. CJ, with CJ is McCollum. his guy. You yep. said it. Like CJ is his guy. He drafted CJ. Kind of feels like man, I got to hang on to this guy. And mind you, he's one of the two players that he's actually drafted that's developed. Like we're hoping that Zach Collins develops over the over the next you know year or so. You know, you're you were hoping for years that Myers Leonard would develop into a better player than he actually is. CJ and Dame are the only two guys that he's drafted that have been like, okay, these these dudes are studs. I don't know if he wants to let go of that because that's really his claim to fame at this yeah, point. Yeah, but here's the thing. You might be right, but Neil O'Shea has to have the wherewithal to look at it and say, I yeah. screwed this roster up. This roster is not good right now, or at least it's not working right now. The only way to get myself out of this hole that I have buried is to get trade one of the people that I like a lot, who I think is a really good player, who I drafted, who's one of my guys, and help fix this roster immediately. Because if he doesn't do that, and look, as much as I say he should, I don't think he will unless they fire Neil O'Shea because he is, in from all accounts, in love with CJ, has not even taken trade calls ever on him. He just refuses to do it. If he doesn't do that, he has to wait for two seasons 
to have the expiring contracts on the book that he could then trade to try to fix the team. Two seasons. You know how many years Dame has left in his prime? Three Three. or four? Yeah. Maybe? Because he's already, what, 28 years old? So you're telling me you're going to waste half of those just waiting so you can have expiring? Because there's... He hamstrung the roster with these contracts. So unless you find more nets out there willing to take on another $70 million deal or however much is left on the Evan Turner deal and clear up some cap space that way, then the only other option you have is to trade CJ. And oh, guess what? You probably have to match on Nurk. Mm. Nurk has enough potential that if you let him go, you're gonna, you might regret it. Yeah. So you're going to have to match him. And you're already in salary cap hell. So... What are you going to do? No, we have, we have a text here that says uh, the focus seems to be on fixing the roster. What, what if it can't be fixed? Like, that's that's, that's real, my point. That's a real concern. for, And it should be a real concern. Like, what if nobody wants this contract for um, Evan Turner? You know, what, what, what if nobody, you know, what if multiple teams, and I think they will, are going to offer max money or close to max money to somebody like Yusuf Nurkic? Like, those are things that you really have to worry about because there's going to be some team if – if a guy like uh, Alan Crabb got damn near a max deal from um, the Brooklyn yeah. for like, what is it, $85 million? 75 yeah. yeah, something something silly. What do you think they're going to offer Yusuf Nurkic, a guy who averages a double-double in the league? He's going to get $100 million if he wants it from somewhere. And so you're in a, a cold spot if you're the Blazers. And I think if you're Paul Allen, man, you got to make a decision. And it starts with your GM. Because if I, he's not going to trade CJ, if he's not going to at least look for trade offers for CJ like today – then, hey, man, like, we got to move on. Well, that's why I, that's why that text is, is, I agree with it. What if this is a roster that can't be fixed? It can't be fixed unless not, not now. you trade CJ. It will be fixed in two years when contracts come off the books, but it can't even start to be fixed unless CJ is traded, in my opinion. And I think that's the, he's the only, tra- like I said, he's the only tradable asset that you have. The only one outside of Dame, but you're not trading Dame. Again, this season proved another thing to me was we had this debate last year for some reason, trade Dame or trade CJ to break up the backcourt, and people actually picked CJ. No. This season proved to me you you do not trade Damian Lillard. You trade CJ McCollum. Damian Lillard is way too important for this team. Um, he's the only one. He's the only one with value. That's it. Because Nurk is a, is a restricted free agent, so you're not going to trade him. Um, that's it. That's yeah. all you have for, for value. And that's the only – if you want to try to fix the roster now, that's the only thing you can do. If you want to stand pat and if you think it's working and, oh, boy, get ready for the Neil Olshay spin, spin, spin zone today where he says, oh, but it's a rebuild. You I think everybody, rebuild. I think everybody got ahead of themselves with that 13-game win streak. All right. Because- Zach Collins is improving. The, the, the arcs of the players are still matching. You know, we won the division. All the spin moves, spin moves are coming from Neil O'Shea. I can't wait to hear him because we, I think we already know exactly what he's going to say. And, and you know, we but have, don't believe of, it. Don't believe it. No, and there are a lot of people saying, you know, well, Portland won the Northwest, and you know that should mean that you know that that means something. And this isn't high school football. The division, it's not high school basketball, like winning the, divisions the division mean means nothing. nothing. I mean, getting the first first through four seed, okay, that's that's important because you like home court advantage. But as you just saw, home court advantage means crap. If you can't play basketball. And so I think only division titles only matter in college. That's how you keep your job in college basketball, college football. You win the SEC every year. You win the Pac-12 every year. Okay, cool. We'll keep you here for as long as we need to then. But in the NBA, man, NFL, yeah, the way the NBA, championships. The way the NBA is structured, the divisions are 
they're useless now. Like, sure, if you win, you're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs, but they were going to make the playoffs with that record anyway. So, isn't Minnesota in the Northwest Division? Yeah, yeah. Minnesota couldn't be any closer to the Northwest. So, I mean, I mean, Utah's in it too. But Utah, at least I kind of get. Okay, it's one of the you know. There's literally only one team in the Northwest yeah. in the NBA, but yet there are five teams that occupy the Northwest Division. Well, it's because the Thunder used to be there, and now the I mean, Seattle, the, the Seattle right. used to be there. Yeah. Um, it's just that's that's such an empty thing. The division title it means it means nothing other than an, they have one banner in the Motor Center where they add the year they won the division on it. So they'll and is, and is they'll put really, a number up there. Oh boy, is that really what you want? A, a, a Northwest Division banner? Nice, cool, man. Like I mean, that's awesome. That shouldn't be what you want. I don't, yeah, you hang. They don't even hang that when people can see it. They hang that like before the game, before the season starts. Like that's not even something you get a chance to really be a part of because no one cares. I'd burn it at this point, <laughs> and then. A lot of people are texting in, just fire old Shea. I agree. But here's the thing. he, Like we said, he is the spin master. What does he tell Paul Allen that saves his job and maybe loses Terry Stotts his job? What does he say? Does he throw Stotts into the bus? We don't know. We don't know what he's going to spin it into. We don't know how he's going to try to get into Paul Allen's head. If I'm Paul Allen, I don't even talk to him about it. right? I don't let him spin it to me. Uh I, ba- I make my decision. I'm the owner of the team, and I want a new GM. Because here's the thing. People are saying Stotts is not a championship-level coach. I agree. He's not. But if you fire Terry Stotts, who do you get that's better? There's someone out there. Is there? There's no one thought anything about Steve Kerr, who, you know, just happened to be, oh, man, just a, he was just a, he was a failed, like, GM, wasn't he? See, Steve Kerr just kind of did okay as the GM of the Suns, and then he go- took a head coaching job and— what do you know? They're the best team in basketball. Well, hell, time, Mark Jackson, man, who knew that he would turn the, the Warriors around from this laughing stock to this defensive juggernaut? And, like, I mean, sometimes it just it just takes a change of culture. And, and I, we talk about that all the time on the show is culture. I think it starts from the top, and it's going to meet GM, new coach, without CJ moving forward. That's that's how you change what you've been doing here. The only problem is, is Lillard is in, fully in the corner of Stotts, and you don't want to P.O. Lillard by getting rid of Stotts. I mean, look— the, here, here's the honest truth of it. The most important thing for the Blazers franchise is keeping Lillard here his whole career. Right? Is that not the most important thing they can do moving forward? Because if he walks at the end of his deal, then you're back to square one again. You don't have that borderline or superstar, whatever you want to say, or even if you want to go lower, you don't have that sure, surefire all-star on your team anymore if he walks. You want to keep him here. So if you fire Stotts, you're going to piss him off. Because he is a he is a huge Stotts supporter, and he I remember him saying two years ago he goes I'm not going anywhere in my career without Stotts. That's what he said. So you're going to risk fire, er, firing Stotts and PO in your superstar just because you don't want to blame the GM, you want to blame the coach. Come on. And so for all the people that are saying that we're you know just kind of crapping on the Blazers right now, you should understand this. I spent two hundred and thirty dollars for games one and games two, okay, and I was I went to the games to watch them pretty much give up, you know, in both games. Well, at least in the second game. Man, we, we can't sit here and just really act like we're just going to give a positive spin to everything the Blazers have done this season. They are a good little team, but they are not a championship team. Yeah, this is not, and, and it's, this and it's is not, not the Blazers' rah-rah show. This is the post-mortem, they just got swept in the first round. And look bad doing it. Not got swept and all the games were close. Right, we are honest. swept in each of the games and they look bad doing it. This is an honest diving in of the of the team we are not going to put our pom-poms on and be all pro why we don't you don't need to do that 
Yeah, you have to be honest about the team. If you want this team to be great, you need to be honest about the team. You can't be a Neil O'Shea and go, oh, look at all the positives because look at what happened. You got swept in the first round again. So, it's the same every year. So at this point, it's time to, you know, I understand we love our team, and you should love your team. But I think also with loving your team, it's important to be honest about where you are and what your prospects are. The Blazers are a good little team. They need more. They need more from what their GM is giving them. They need more from what their coach is able to provide for them on the floor. They need more from what their two superstars, and I use that that phrase lightly, for, at least for one of them, it's not are two. able to give you. No, it's one and a half. It's one and a quarter, let's be honest. You know, so. And look, your team is stuck in above-average purgatory, and that's that might be okay for some fans. It is certainly better off than being stuck with like the magic, right? You don't want to be stuck in bad purgatory. It's certainly better, but... If you have one of the better players in the NBA on your team and you're stuck in the above-average purgatory and you got a little bit lucky to the three-seed this year, but really, in reality, outside of a 13-game win streak and some injuries, you're still probably the sixth or seventh seed. You're supposed to be positive about it? You're supposed to be, like, just okay with that? And we, we have been positive. We, we, we know you're excited about what you're going to get from Zach Collins moving forward. Uh, Damian Lillard has made a step forward this year and taken himself. Somebody said that he's not a superstar. No, Dame is a superstar. He's one of the 10, 12 best players in this league. Yes, he is for sure a superstar right now. So any, saying anything less is, is, just, is just hate at this point. So there are some definite good things about this team. However, none of those good things came to, came to head when you played New Orleans in a four-game series. So there are things to work on if you're going to make it to be a championship team that's at least competing for a championship. Maybe not winning, but you're going to the conference finals or you're making it competitive to get to the conference finals, not just laying down for four games against a sixth seed. Yeah. I mean, the same texture comes in. We haven't given a positive spin to anything. Why? Why should we? We're giving the honest spin to it. The honest spin to it. Why does it need to be positive? It doesn't need to be positive. It just needs to be honest. All right. Coming up next, hate it or love it, Joe Fisher edition. We'll see what questions he throws at us. This can be anything, Joe. Any questions you want, any sports you want, um, you can throw it to us, and uh, we will do our best to answer it. And uh, that's next. But first, he has SportsCenter. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, 1035 here on The Fan. Sports Sunday with you until 11 o'clock. That music means it's time for Hater to Love It, but Jesse's out, so Joe gets to uh, be the arbiter of points and truth. And uh, decide who gets to host the last segment of the show. So, Joe, go ahead and get started. All right. This is fun. This is a little point system and everything. Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit different than what I'm used to. You, get, uh, you have full control, man. You can you can decide who wins and loses. So, the first one, I think we stay on a topic here. Blazers-centric this episode today. Um, and you guys have been saying it for the last couple segments now. As far as who to place the blame on, who to look at, who to point the finger at. And Neil Wilshay seems to be your guys' general favorite of who to blame on this. So, hate it or love it, Neil Wilshay will not be the Blazers' GM next season. Uh, love it. Um, I think Paul Allen is one of those dudes who's about the bottom line. 
and I'm pretty sure he wants to see his team move forward. Uh, he has an incredibly successful franchise just up the road in the Seattle Seahawks. Who he's used to really making uh, a lot or letting the, the football people make all the big moves, and it's really equated to some success. Unfortunately, the basketball people for the Blazers haven't, it hasn't really equated to any real success right now. And I think for him, as he looks around and sees the success of the Warriors and the Rockets, and now the Pelicans and some of these teams that are moving ahead of the Blazers, I think at a point he's going to get a little frustrated with that and want more. You know, he's had the private meeting with Damian Lillard. Nobody knows really what Dame asked for. We could assume he wanted uh, some additional pieces, maybe another coach. I don't, or maybe, I mean, I don't think so, but there should, there could be a lot of things that he asked for. So I think with you wanting to keep your superstar happy, and like Lynch said, man, Dame is coming up to really the, the last few years of his prime as he's 28 and he'll be approaching 30 here relatively soon. In basketball years, you may as well be 40 at that point. So um, I think you definitely need to see a change in culture, and I think that's going to start up top with the GM. I hate it because I think he's going to talk his way out of losing his job. Look, you can say a lot of things about Neil O'Shea. One of his strengths is he can spin anything into a positive. He can. It's what he does well. And you can bet your do- bottom dollar he is going to go to Paul Allen and he is going to sell him on Zach Collins' future. He's going to sell him on a first-round draft pick. He's going to sell him on the building strength of Damian Lillard. And Paul Allen's going to he's going to buy it to some extent, and I don't think he's going to fire him. There's not a lot of good GMs around the league either. And it, look, like I said before, Neil O'Shea made some mistakes, and Neil O'Shea built this bed he's in right now. But he's also made a lot of good moves. He's, a lot, he's made a lot of great draft picks. He's had a lot of good trades. So I think there's there's a lot of leash for him because of that. And if he can talk his way out of it, I don't think he's going to get fired. I don't think that he's going to he, – I think he will leave on his own accord because I don't know if he wants to stay in Portland his whole career. I think we've heard him flirting with the Clippers again. We've heard him flirting with other teams, and it hasn't panned out for him. And because of that, I think he's going to uh, stick around here and talk his way into sticking around here. So, hey. All right. We are on to our next one, and it is not Blazers focused. Oh, my gosh. Man. I know, right? The Actually, first non-Blazers talk of the day. I like it. We are staying in the NBA, though. Uh, yeah. Plenty of other action going on, uh, including a very decisive game for today between the Cavaliers and Pacers. The reason it's decisive is because we're seeing a LeBron James-led team kind of in a situation we've never seen before, down in a 2-1 hole in the first round of the playoffs, not the semi finals the conference like first round against the Pacers so hate it or love it the Cavaliers get eliminated by the Pacers in the first round of the playoffs love it um I think a lot of teams have been saying the Cavaliers are going back to the finals. Cavaliers are going back to the finals. This is not the same Cavaliers team that went to the finals for the past couple of years. All those guys that made big impacts for the team are no longer there. J.R. Smith is a streaky shooter at best, you know, when he's not throwing stupid people. Uh, their coach just came back from having a uh, heart palpitations or whatever he was going on uh, with him at this point. You don't really know what's going on there. LeBron James has bought everybody wedding suits the other day, uh, basically to be buried in because it's exactly what happened in the game. They were buried by, uh, who, I don't know who they're playing right now. Who, who are they playing? Indiana? Man, Victor Oladipo looks like he can't be stopped and looks like the best player on the floor that's not named LeBron. I just don't think he can carry this team anymore. It's been about five, four, four years of him carrying the team. It's been 15 years of him carrying franchises. Uh, I just don't know if he can do it anymore. 
They're, they don't have the depth. Tristan Thompson is trash if he's, unless he's at the club with some chicks. Like, there's nothing good. <laughs> there's nothing good about this Cleveland team. And Indiana has everything rocking right now, and they look as confident as can be. So my money's on the Pacers to, to finish off the, the Cavaliers in the first round. Uh, I love it, too, because game two was LeBron completely blistering hot going off, and somehow they still almost blew that game. Game three, LeBron again went blistering hot trying to dominate the game, and they lost the game. The Cavs roster is just not very good. It's LeBron and everybody else, and it doesn't help that Kevin Love got hurt again. Didn't he get hurt again? Um, so they're not going to win this series. LeBron can only do so much when the rest of the team just isn't worth it or working. And when a guy like Bogdan Bogdanovich, however you say his name, dominates for the Pacers in game three and somehow gives them the win, that's the sign of things to come in this series, in my opinion. You're right, Oladipo's been playing great. He is a new player now that he is on the Pacers. He's he's kind of figured out how to be an NBA player after kind of waffling a bit in his previous two stops in Orlando and OKC. But um, they've got all sorts of solid players around that, around that team. And give Nate McMillan some credit. Or Nate McMullen, as I like to say, as we yeah. all like to say. Give him some credit for turning the Pacers team into a threat and making them consistently good in the East this year. Bravo. Okay, our last one. We switch over to the NFL. And like Ooh. I said, the draft is this Thursday. I said I wanted to talk about it at some point, so we're going to dedicate probably a whole minute to it. Uh, the NFL draft this Thursday, tons of quarterbacks. Uh, there was rumors that the Patriots might be interested in Lamar Jackson in the first round. And, and now there's been rumors that possibly all five of these uh, projected first-round quarterbacks will go into top 20. So, hater to love it, five QBs in the top 20 of this year's NFL draft. Oh, uh, shoot. And that, of course, I, that, I was going to say, I'm going to So, you got, uh, oh, as far as draft order, I'm not sure. But, yeah, you got Darnold, Rosen, Mayfield, Allen, and Lamar Jackson. Yep. Um. Yeah, I, I, I hate it. Um, I, I don't know when the last time we saw that many quarterbacks go in the first 20 picks, you said? Yeah. Um, I could see at least four. Um, I'm not sure of all those bad teams who actually needs well, – who uh, what teams need a quarterback. Of course, the Browns always need a quarterback. The Jets are going to look at a quarterback. So there's a couple teams in there. But I don't know, man. That's – that's tough to say just because I, looking, I don't even know where the draft order is right now, so I haven't even looked at it, so couldn't begin to tell you who goes when. Uh, I can tell you, though, if the Patriots are moving up into the top 20, what it looks like, it kind of looks like they are, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did go ahead and take a Lamar Jackson. I, I think somebody like Josh McDaniels would have a field day, you know, kind of designing plays uh, for a quarterback like that, much like the way he did with Tim Tebow. And Tebow wasn't even a great quarterback like that, but he was still able to make things happen kind of with him. You give him a Lamar Jackson, who knows what'll happen. This year is a really talented group of quarterbacks, but I'm curious if it's just more fool's gold with everybody. So, uh, honestly, I, I, I hate it, I guess. I don't so really certain. know. Yeah, I'm not at all. Um, I love it, and the reason why is because as the buzz to the draft gets closer, we're getting more and more buzz about the quarterbacks. And I guarantee you, you're going to see some te teams trade up into the top five or 10 to try to draft some of those guys. Broncos have already said their pick is for sale. The other top teams have said their picks are for sale because they know just how many people want some of these quarterbacks. Now, who it's going to be is completely all over the board. Everyone seems to disagree about who they think the top guy is. It could be Darnold. It could be Allen. It could be Rosen. It could be Mayfield. I've seen all sorts of positive and negatives for both of them. Um, but... I could see five going in the top 20 because I could see four going in the first four. And then that means you've got 
how many teams that want to tra- trade up to get Lamar Jackson. The Patriots could be one, although they could take the guy from Oklahoma State too late in the first round if they'd like. Um, what's his name? Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can see five guys just because it's going to be a run on quarterbacks. It went from almost two months ago of being not a run on quarterbacks at all. It was like, oh, there might be two and teams are kind of going to pick like Saquon Barkley or uh, the Chubb guy, the pass rusher. Now it's just everyone's on the quarterback train again because they realize they don't want to be in quarterback purgatory. There's even those reports that the Browns are going to draft two. You just got Tyrod Taylor. Why would you draft two of them? Stupid. But hey, if they draft two, that's two off the board in the first four picks. And I'm not going to put it past the Browns to be stupid. So uh, I'll say love. All right. I think I have our total here. Let me crunch the numbers. You don't um, have to say the numbers. Oh, you think you know who won? Yeah, I think I do. It is Mike. Mm. <laughs> Rashad pointed at himself. <laughs> that last little bit, the the quarterbacks in the draft, that's what uh, sealed the victory I didn't know for you. who was. I, didn't, I still can't yeah, find Rashad the draft didn't. order. <laughs> I still, I'm still looking online. I can't find it. He didn't it, do so. his research. No, didn't do his I didn't. Research. I'm still looking online. I can't find the draft order at all. So. All right. Well, I'll host like the last that. segment. Um, we'll keep an eye again on that Blazers exit interview day. See if the big guys come up. We'll play it for you as we wrap up. But uh, if not, we'll uh, figure it out. This is the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Very slow moving Trailblazers media day thing. They've done two player interviews in 50 minutes. So, who, chances, who, who was the other interview? Uh, Ed Davis. And those interviews have lasted, the two together have been 10 minutes. And then they have a huge break in the middle? Yeah, five and a half, Zach Collins, about four and a half for Ed Davis. So, mm. so what you're saying is it's going to be a very long day down at the players, uh, Blazers practice facility today. More than likely, man, yes. I'm not going. If, I'm, man, if it's the day after we just got embarrassed, I want to answer none of your questions today. I'm well, sorry. I mean, you know why they're doing it on Sunday because they want the least coverage of it possible. Sunday at 10 a.m., the the exit interview day is almost always the Monday after the season, right? It's part of the work week. You go, you get the you get the answers. We all thought it would be Monday if they got swept, and then they're like, "Up oh, Sunday, 10 a.m." Yeah, it's like yeah, they're trying to hide this as much of as possible. Of course, they're, they're not. Mad I mean, look, I don't blame them. They're embarrassed about it, but come on, Let, let's uh, let's face the music a little bit here and actually do it on a Monday. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just, you know, give them, give them a couple days to, you know, react and reflect and, you know, take their time to be angry. If every, I've always hated the idea of like post-game interviews and stuff like, man, why? Like that's, and we wonder why people are so, you know, in their feelings after either a big win or a big loss or something like that. Like you, I just had the most heartbreaking loss of my life or, and now you want to ask me how I feel. And I think that's, that's dumb. It's great TV, but you know, for those guys, you 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 get the the answer that's you know the angry answer, which is you know obviously you don't want to look like a hater, so you're going to say, man, they played great. You know, you don't want to throw your teammates under the bus either. You know, like they tried to get LeBron yesterday, and it was like, you you really want me to throw my teammates under the bus? Like I'm not going not going to do that. Like so, I think giving them a day, a day and a half, whatever, give them an opportunity to reflect and be angry at themselves and or at their team or whatever the case is. I would like, I would, as a professional, I think that would be, you know, better. I think you get a, a better answer at that point. You know what's been kind of weird in general about the playoffs this year, too, is we went into this first round really pumped. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, the West is going to be awesome. Even the East looks like it's going to be really good. Um, we saw a sweep, and 
We're probably going to see a sweep today. And I guess the T-Wolves beat the Rockets yesterday, so that makes it 2-1, to one, but we don't expect that to be much of a series. Mm-hmm. And um, in the East, you've got a couple of 2-0s. And... Actually, every team in the East has won at least one game. Oh, really? Yep. There are no... Oh, that's right. The Wizards won yesterday. Yeah, no they? complete sweeps. So, Well, maybe the East will be interesting then, but I'm not anywhere near as interested in these playoffs as I thought it would be. I thought it would be really, really, really fun. And... I there's been great games. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've liked a lot of the Heat Sixers series. Actually, that's been a pretty good series. But um, it hasn't been as the hype hasn't been as real for me. I don't know. Maybe it's because the Blazers got swept and my naturally was just annoyed. But um, I don't know. It hasn't been quite as good. I was expecting some fireworks and I, I haven't felt it yet. Yeah, I've been kind of the, the Blazers series is the only one I've really been like, okay, let's make sure I watch this. I, I didn't even know what the Houston count was until I saw the game. Yeah, yesterday I had no idea. I can't remember Houston even playing at any point. So uh, I haven't just, you know, I think now that we're older, we just have so many things to do. And this weather didn't help. I'll be real. When it showed up like right around Tuesday, man, F these playoff games. I'm out here in the sun. Oh, yeah. Thursday I was in and out of the, in the first quarter of that game. I was like, Backyard yeah, barbecue. Let's mean? go. All right. Like, especially once I saw with the saw the scores. Like yeah. man, like let me go ahead and chill, man. Let me go outside. Who I wants to go for true. a walk? Even yesterday, I like Kelsey and I wandered for hours. I, I couldn't. I couldn't have been any, any happier after that game yesterday. Not because they lost, because when the game was over, it was like four o'clock, four thirty, and I looked outside. I was like, man, it is gorgeous out here. Let's go. It's like, almost like the basketball gods knew that things that, weren't going to go very well, and they're like, hey, you know what? Here here's you go. A, here's a week of really, really nice weather, Portland. Have fun. Yeah, and when you're really salty about it next week, when you're out of the playoffs, I'm going to give you some 80s. Yeah. Here and there, so. You're going to think it's summer. <laughs> yeah. So I'll take it. But just to keep you honest, I'm going to throw some rain at you after that, too. So yeah, just, right? just remember, just it's not the, summer yeah, yet. Keep you humble. It's still April. Hey, we're, we're currently in the 13-game win streak of uh, Portland weather. And then we'll uh, finish off. That is true. We're getting tricked right now. <laughs> yeah. We're like, hell yeah. This, we're a championship Summer's team. Summer's here. Hell yeah. It's Let's go. Here, guys. Relax. It's not here yet. <laughs> yep. Series sweep coming up. Four straight days of pouring rain. <laughs> that is a, that's a great comparison. Um, I don't know. It's just been, it's weird. What, what's interesting you the most in the playoffs? And outside of the Blazers, what, what's left of, int- of intrigue to you? Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with, um, with Cleveland. You know, imagine the story that's going to come out there if LeBron... Uh, gets swept, you know, all, albeit his team is trash, you know, right now. But if he gets swept, that'll be a that'll be a storyline that goes for the rest of his career. You know, Jordan never got swept in the first round. Yeah, he did. Low-key. Go look at it. It happened. So, <laughs> just saying. Never, it never happened in year 15 or 16 for him, but Jordan's team was never as weak as LeBron's was. I'm curious to see what happens there. I really want to know what happens with this, uh, this Houston-Minnesota series. Like, I don't think it's as cut and dry as people want to think. I think they have a real problem with Carl Anthony Towns. He hasn't really played well in those first two games. I think they have a real problem with him because Capella or nobody else in that team can guard him. But James Harden is so unstoppable. Like, and Harden hasn't played great either, and they're still up 2-1. to one, And and so. really, he had, like, what do you have in game two? Like seven. Wasn't it like 2 of 13 or something? On yeah, the floor? Something, something stupid. But, you know, when, when he's on and he gets a roll and gets that step back, hey, man, like. I, I'm really intrigued by Sixers Heat. That series has been really interesting to me. I think the Sixers are a really interesting team. Um, I think Joel Embiid coming back was really fun in game three. Ben Simmons, I didn't watch enough Ben Simmons this year. He is a lot of fun. Yeah, he's dope. He's he's. I'm calling him baby LeBron just because he, he kind of has the same body and mannerisms as LeBron does in terms of how he plays, but he's a triple-double machine already. Um, 
JJ Redick on that team is great. Dario Saric is really good. And people were, were ripping them for that draft pick a, a year ago. Um, or I mean, last year they were ripping them for that draft pick because it wasn't working out yet. But he's he's been really good. That series is a lot of fun. Plus, we're seeing vintage Dwayne Wade a little bit too, which has yep. been kind of fun. I'm also, we already talked about it. Excuse me. We already talked about it. But I'm intrigued by the LeBron saga right now. Can't, is he going to lose in the first round of the Indiana Pacers? It looks likely. It looks like he might, man. It looks like he might. They're up and that, that to me is really it's two to one. Two to but one. Really interesting to me. That series of LeBron loses in the first round. It's two one in the Pacers' favor, and it, yeah. it damn near should be the Cavaliers because of what they did in Game Three. They blew it. They blew it hardcore. They they did the same thing they did in Game Two, and then just let it dribble down their leg in the fourth quarter. That's what happened. Um, so I'm interested in those two series a lot. And Jazz Thunder's been interesting so far, too, just because it's been close. I'm pulling for the Jazz. Jazz are a fun team to watch. I like the Jazz. I like, man, uh, that uh, Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And then if you ain't seen him play this year, watch him because he's so much fun. Blazers could have drafted him. Could have, you know, but we wanted Zach Collins. So worked out for you, I guess. Actually, in, in, in all reality, Donovan Mitchell is kind of like a – he's the third of the same player with Damon C.J., <laughs> He's kind of a very similar player, so I don't know how that would have worked. And look, I like I like Zach Collins. I think that was a good pick. I think it'll work out in the long run, so I'm not too worried about that. All right, that'll do it for us today. Thanks so much for listening and texting on the fan text line five five three zero five. Appreciate it. We'll be back next week with uh, a little less NBA talk, guaranteed. Although we'll probably have some Blazers to get to if we've seen some stories or sound bites. But we'll have the NBA, NFL draft to talk about next week. We'll be wrapped up with that. NFL schedule release has happened. We could talk about that if you'd like. We'll probably have plenty of other stories to get to as well. It'll be a fun show. So catch us 9 to 11, and uh, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the sun, everybody. Enjoy the next week. Have a good one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.